0: Something I meant to mention and I'd like to mention about that psalm. Notice it does talk about a tree of Lebanon. Those are really big, powerful, strong trees. But I, I think it's really helpful to recognize the other tree that it were likened to related to flourishing, especially as it speaks about flourishing in old age. And notice the flourishing is giving God glory, being able to work with and handle it all. Not that it means we handle it perfectly, but being able to trust him and not curse him. And um, the palm tree, uh, maybe you might have noticed a little bit more recently with the, the winds that came through. Not much more than that, by God's grace, but uh, the whole idea of Hurricane Hillary. And have you seen a palm tree in the wind? It's really flexible. It's amazing. How much it can usually endure back and forth, and it isn't knocked down. You know, other kinds of trees, like those eucalyptus trees, they can. You know, there's issues of root systems as well. But the palm tree is it's really flexible and pliable. And the Lord uh, often bears His fruit within us, and that's what it says: bear His fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, temperance. These kinds of things are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He particularly can bear these things as he bears us up on eagles' wings, even in our older age, cause us to flourish by his grace. We can keep growing in his grace. He's never done with us until we're in heaven. And so there's always opportunities to keep growing in grace. Frankly, I think we can say as we get to different seasons of life, there's a whole new area of learning how to grow in grace, isn't there? There's a whole new... Situation and things we haven't had to face before now we have to learn how to grow in new ways by growing in his grace facing these things and we can and we will may the Lord use these means of grace this evening to help us our text this evening is second Peter three verse 18 would you open there with me please second Peter three Verse 18 is our scripture this evening. And we will look at uh, some of the other verses, most of the other verses in the chapter. We'll we'll mostly just kind of do a flyby over them uh, just for some applying to the text. But we're mostly going to be thinking about this one phrase in our text this evening. 2 Peter 3, verse 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. But grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. As that's a brief verse, uh, let me read that for us again. First Peter, or excuse me, second Peter 318, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. And the the phrase we're looking at particularly tonight, beloved, is grow in grace. And, And notice it's not a suggestion, it's a command. But the encouraging thing is it's also something we can and should do by His grace, in His grace. Grow. Grow in grace. The message for you this evening is simply that grow in grace. Grow in grace. What is grace? Let us remember it's a blessed thing to consider again. It is getting what you do not deserve. It's all the blessings the Lord gives to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Making us the children of God, having his call upon our lives, giving a purpose to our lives, giving us a family in the church. uh, All these things that come with it, justification, sanctification, adoption, and all the things that flow or come out of them. That's grace. What is growth? Well, this is my own rough etching of it, so you could look it up later, but I submit to you, I think growth is something like making good use of what is graciously given, in this context, at least, to produce spiritual fruit, making good use of what is graciously given to us, to produce spiritual fruit. Galatians 5:22 to 23 lists the fruits of the Holy Spirit think about it like this. You get a present. Someone's given you a present. Well, one of the things you need to do is what? Open it. (laughs) Open it. (laughs) Start experimenting with it. Uh, Getting familiar with it and how it works. Maybe at some point reading the manual. I know this makes some of you But I've learned that's not a bad idea for me. I often get on YouTube and find out ways to learn it uh, to maximize its possibilities and its potential to make the best use of it so it doesn't rust or rot for lack of use or lack of using it well or lack of using it to all that it can do. You know, sometimes we learn how, oh, that button does this, you know. I, I, uh, Elder Renner got a, a great uh, new um, grass trimmer, I guess we should say. I always say weed whacker. I don't know why. It's really a grass trimmer. And, um, and uh, I, I didn't realize it. I'm sure he showed me. But for whatever, it's a battery operated now. This thing is great. It's much easier to use. But oh, I didn't recognize, and I'm sure he showed me. I'm sure you did. I need to say that in front of you. <laughs> but there's a button you push, and then it has more power. And I, it was kind of cool. It was like a spaceship. Oh, like comes on. You know, oh, this is yeah. And it worked even better. I'm like, oh man, I've been trimming the grass and I could have been saving time and saving my back. I, I didn't remember or look and notice. So I oh, push it. And that is even more like, yeah, I'm getting more done and I'm enjoying the process more. Growing in grace. And to not fall from faith, one must grow in grace and familiarity and fellowship with Christ. Its giver. I give that to you as a general idea of our text and context, what we're focused on. To not fall from faith, one must grow in grace and familiarity and fellowship with Christ, its giver. Against the attacks of Satan, against the attacks of the world, to fall in faith or fall from faith, if that could happen. Look at verse 17 leading into our text. Therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Now, last week we had the idea of standing in grace. We stand by grace, we don't stand in our own strength, we stand in grace by grace if we start to not make use of that grace and how we stand and not be seeking to grow in that grace, we're in danger of falling. We're da- we're endangering of falling little faith, more fear than faith. We need to be seeking to grow. As is often said, there's no neutrality in life for Christ or otherwise. There's no neutral. There is you're either growing or you're backsliding. And to be backsliding is not going to be good for us, let alone good for God's glory. Uh, This is related to the T in tulip. Uh, One of these phrases we have related to, to the main tenets of Calvinism. And by the way, that was what was brought to answer the remonstrance. Tulip is kind of answering the objections to these main doctrines that were always considered a given and understood in the reformed faith against the Catholic church. Uh, But we look at the T what is T total depravity. We are completely totally depraved corrupt in every inch of our body corrupt in every part of our soul. We will only will evil without Christ renewing us in his image. And thus we will have a new will that wills after him. Psalm 110 verse 3 in his power. Why do I bring that up? Because we need to remember that though we are totally depraved in every part, we can degrade in degrees further over time. That's what naturally will help. And if we're not killing the old man and putting on the new man, that is growing in grace. We'll just degrade over time. You know, anything we have in this world, you know, don't you go out there and say, I just, I just weeded a few weeks ago. Well, that's part of the curse, isn't it? Why do I always seem surprised by that? The weeds are back, you know. I have to keep going at them so they don't grow and get out of control. You know, or, you know, you didn't use this or that, and the battery is died and corroded. and it was, It's because you're not using it. You know, we have to be growing in grace. This is the way it is, including if we aren't seeking to put on more of the new man and exercising and growing in these things. We're in danger of falling away in the faith, at least for a time. Our country hues. Uh, quotes John Gerstner, who says there's always room for, quote, deprovement, deprovement. We're always able to get worse. And the devil is always trying to make that happen. So we've got to fight about against that influence through the wicked and through the spiritual wickedness that we wouldn't fall from our own steadfastness and faith. So what do you do? Grow in grace. Grow in in grace seek to grow I don't know that many Christians and sadly in many reformed churches are really concerned to grow let alone are being told to I've heard of churches such as one of our brethren and a good reformed church up the way Uh, a lot of people left including one of the professors because there was too much talk of sanctification should all be justification. Just met with a great pastor, friends of a church that has supported us over the last few years. They lost uh, a church or two. His church, his denomination lost a few churches. They lost a church or two because of antinomians that were always there against the law. Didn't want to be talked about sanctification and growth. They all left. I don't want to hear about growth. It's all grace. Grace is about growth, beloved. It isn't just about being saved from hell with a get out of hell free card. It's about growing and making progress, or as Thomas Watson has taught us, and deliver us from evil means more than that. It means help us to make progress in piety, grow in grace. We ought to be looking to grow, and what a glorious thing it is to see people wanting to grow in grace, whether they're young in the faith or old in the faith. Jesus will help us with a movement of reform. We don't have to be about deprovement. We can grow in grace by effort to grow. The Greek word for grow could be cause to grow. It's really the same thing, but somehow I think that's helpful to draw that out. Cause to grow. Think about what you do just, you know, with your grass. I mean, we want to improve our grass and we're, gonna, we're watering it better. And guess what's happening? The craziest thing Figured out how to fix our sprinkler system. I still have to figure out how to make it obey and do it only once on the days I've told it to. So here's what I do, I'm so smart. I, could, I used to know how to operate this thing. I'm gonna have to figure it out. But in the meantime with business, I have it on for one day or so and then I turn it off the rest of the week because it just keeps going on and on and on back and front yards. I'm telling you, our yards look great. <laughs> I've never seen our grass look so good. Yeah, we are causing it to grow with water. And to get the water, we had to fix the sprinklers. They don't fix themselves. And guess what? I've been here 13, 14 years now. You always have to do this. <laughs> you know, Things break. Things have to be fixed. You have to keep doing these things to keep things growing. But boy, I love looking at my lawn. I feel like I'm in the Northeast again, you know, <laughs> like, or our lawn out here, the renters, you may or may not know, they're constantly working, fixing things. Mrs. Renner is, we should call her super sprinklers woman. You know, she's always fixing something. And, um, and so the water is, we're having better use of the water. She's always figuring out how to make them work better. And the grass looks beautiful. It's, it's lovely. It also takes a lot of mowing. You know, it doesn't mow itself, but then it's lovely to look at and it's fun to run on and play. Well, so the little boys tell me I pretty much make sure they behave themselves, but the Greek could be just cause it to grow fertilizer, you know? Uh, trimming the bushes they grow better Jesus even speaks of that prune the branches right John 15 he's the vine with the branches there's some pruning that goes on to bring even more life I'm pretty excited about my orange tree this year and I know you always got to hear about my trees in my yard but you know that's about all I got I'm old you know <laughs> like I, I spent a lot of time with my trees you know in my lawn and um They're really taken off But it's just year after year Pruning the bad stuff And they're just getting strong Our lemon tree's really taken off And it's such a joy to see the fruit The only reason the fruit is growing Is because we're seeking to cause it to grow Neglect, they'll die cause it to grow, watch it grow. Still God can and does even use the devil's attacks and your afflictions to prune you and cause you to get closer to Jesus, the giver of eternal life and abundant life and more peace. Remember we've studied recently Wednesday nights affliction is better than sinning. In affliction, Psalm 119 God uses often to bring us closer to him, to cause us to grow in ways we don't when we're not growing closer to him. But when we do, then we say, it was good that I got closer to God. But how often does that happen? By affliction, by difficulties, by the attacks of Satan. Remember uh, the Confession of Faith, chapter 5 on Providence, section 5, even shares about how God even uses our sins, even to our own benefit. Not that he's approving of it, but he uses it. Because it keeps bringing us to grace. It keeps bringing us to experience his grace in new ways. How do we grow in grace? Well, it's related. Do this by the knowledge of our Lord. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Paul writes. Knowledge. Go figure. Study. Reading your Bible. Giving yourselves to the systematic theologies. Giving yourself more than anything to, in our case, the Westminster Standards. But the standard confessions and catechisms of the church. Why were they written? Go read the beginning letters of the Westminster Standards. They were written for you to grow in grace. They were written to pastorally help you and lead your family in growing in the main teachings of the scriptures of what you are to believe and do. And as you grow in knowing those things, growing and knowing more about those things, you grow by the grace of him blessing you with his word. One of the means of grace is the reading and preaching of his word. So you learn more about him. Pray more to him and know better how to pray. What does he teach in the Bible? One of the things, teach us to pray, Lord. Okay, here's the Lord's Prayer. The shorter and larger catechism, teach through the Lord's Prayer to know even more about what it's teaching us. Make use of such things. Revisit. Walk closer to him walk closer with him. Know him as Savior. He's called the Lord Jesus our Savior. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus our Savior the Lord Jesus. Grow in knowing what that means. Let this morning servant help you with that. How wicked and rebellious you and I are, how much we don't deserve anything, how gracious God is in his sovereign election to make us his inheritance and stay with us because of the mediation of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Deuteronomy, I don't know, I never heard anybody preach through any of the Pentateuch, and that's no praising me, I said, oh, might as well start with Genesis. So we've been going through, but all the blessings that we've had together going through the first five books of the Bible, and God willing then to move into Joshua and all the redemptive history and how it builds and then studying together Sunday evenings, Lord's Day evenings, the Westminster standards of knowing how these things of redemptive history work together for these main truths. What a blessing. Know Him as Redeemer, Savior. Know Him as we're studying the larger catechism at night right now. Mediator, why he had to be fully God and fully man and in one person. All these things. Study, know these things to show yourself approved, but study these things to hide them in your heart that you would not sin against the Lord and that they would be a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path and open things up for you. You know, even just how to pray, Lord, open my eyes that I'd behold wondrous things out of thy law, learning to depend on him and not on yourself. Grow in grace. Knowledge of the Lord, our Jesus Christ, and more deeply understand it is all for his glory and not yours. That's an important way of growing in grace, knowing it's not about your glory. It says to him be the glory even now and eternal ages and in eternal ages. Kind of giving you the the Greek, the way I've read it, but to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Of course, amen means what? Truly. How do you know that? You've been around the church a while, right? Amen and amen. Truly, truly, you can trust this. It's for his glory. I don't think much of the church really knows that or believes it or is called upon to think of it that way. But that's how you grow in grace when it is for your glory. I remember uh, one of our brethren who Came off in the evenings, thankful to see them again last week. He said when he first heard our radio program, what is man's chief end? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. He says, it blew me away. I just was riveted by that. I never heard that. I started writing about it on my Facebook page. That's something you and I get to hear all the time. Westminster Shorter Catechism question and answer number one. By God's grace, we get to hear by God's grace, we get to review it. We get to keep remembering, thinking about it, whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, do it all to the glory of God. First Corinthians 10, 31, right? Colossians 3, do all things as unto the Lord. Grow in that gracious knowledge of things and of your Savior because he saved you from death. He redeemed you. He purchased you. He owns you. And when you live out your purpose to glorify him, you're going to grow. You're going to be growing just doing that, but also growing and understanding and perceiving and praising and being blessed by it. There's other ways Peter gives us, and I just want to touch on them together. Uh, look at the first verse of our chapter, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Just a few things that I think speak for themselves about how to grow in grace. The way he closes the chapter and the book uh, and the letter, I guess I should say. 2 Peter 3, verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Stir it up. Now, think about that image, right? If you let something sit in a pot too long, it gets all coagulated. And I mean, usually I think most of you're like, I don't want to eat that anymore. <laughs> you stir it up and heat it up. And the next thing you put some of that on my plate, right? Um, stir things up. Stir yourself up with a pure minds, pure minds. You hear that word pure purity? The pure in heart shall see God. Jesus says Stir your minds up with pure things. And that's why the means of grace, especially on the Lord's day, are such a help to grow in grace. And you will not see people growing in grace when they uh, put their foot on the Sabbath day and do whatever they want and ignore the means of grace. You're not going to find them growing in grace. Uh, by way of remembrance, remember that, how much did God say in Deuteronomy 8 and again this morning in Deuteronomy 9? Remember, don't forget. Remember, don't forget. We are so easy to forget. So the Sabbath, what does it say? The commandment would be, remember the Sabbath day. Our catechisms ask, why does it say remember? And it has an answer for that. Yeah, let's study, let's grow. Stir yourselves up. Or as Hebrews says, provoke one another unto love and good works. You know, I always think of the elbow, right? If we're going to provoke someone, let us, let's, hey, come on, let's do something good. Good. Come on. Grab my elbow. Let's go. Let's do something. Let's praise the Lord. Let's go serve somebody. Verse uh, verse 2, how do we grow in grace? Well, stir up pure minds of remembrance. Verse 2, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Notice Lord and Savior again. Reminding us about the Lord and Savior as all of the prophets and the scriptures are speaking of him. Remember the end of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus says, the law the psalms and the prophets all speak of me the gospel of john he says you search the scriptures They speak of me. Yeah, and then they have eternal life in me. They all speak of me. Study all the scriptures in redemptive history. See how all the parts work together, systematic theology through our standards, and recognize what they're teaching us about Jesus. So we grow in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus as he is typified in the Old Testament, such as reading Leviticus right now and recognizing, for instance, we saw the topology of the mercy seat, which is in Hebrew called the propitiatory. So we know what it means in the scripture in the New Testament when it says he is the propitiatory. Of our sins by his blood. Grow and know all these things. Connect the gospel. Wow. And, beloved, if I can say, don't worry where you are in your place of growth and growth where you started. Just grow. Enjoy the growth. Grow. Nobody's stopping you from growing in grace, frankly, but you. Nobody's stopping me from growing in grace, but me. Grow in grace. Look at verses 11 through 16, leading up to the last two verses we've looked at. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? That's, that's speaking of how you should be growing in grace. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Notice, we should be hasting the day. We should be looking to usher in the day of the return of Christ. We should be watching and waiting and Expecting, saying, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. Well, how do we know how to say that? End of the book of Revelation, right? Recognizing there's a judgment day coming. How do we know that? The scriptures. Verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. That's why we're here tonight, beloved. We are waiting for the new heavens and the new earth, perfect righteousness and holiness, no sin. As we saw in Revelation 7 this morning, uh, stimulated by the uh, Sabbath class with Richard Phillips, we looked at how the robes are washed in the blood of the Lamb. That's why they're white. And it's all looking forward to the new heavens and new earth where there's righteousness, no sin, no tears, no death, it spoke of anymore. These are the things that help us grow in grace as we wait for it and we hope in it. And the Bible says, hope does not disappoint. That's how we grow. We think to quote these things because we review and grow and meditate on them, and they, and they come to our need in our works. Verse 14 Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be looking. Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. How do you grow in grace? Be diligent about sanctification. Be diligent, growing in grace, growing in holiness, without spot and blameless. Now, we know we don't do that perfectly, but we remember that we saw in the burnt offering this morning in Leviticus, it had to be without blemish. That's a refrain because it says of Christ in the New Testament, he offered himself without blemish. He was like us in every way, yet without sin. And he's calling us to live less and less sinful, more and more holy, according to his word, his commands. Verse 15, And account that the long longsuffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ah, well here's something. First of all, don't you appreciate that Peter says Paul can be hard to understand? <laughs> you, know, you know, I, I kind of uh, have fear, trepidation about preaching through Romans, <laughs> you know, one day. I mean, he has some really heady, developed arguments. Uh, they're all to be Galatians even. They're, they, they take a lot of work. He doesn't say don't be bothered about the work. He actually says study, study. Make sure you understand what's being said. Long suffering. Be patient. You want to grow in grace? Be patient. James says, let patience have its perfect work. What happens? What is the word patience? Hupomene. remember we studied that years ago in our suffering together? Bearing under, holding up under the weight. That'll make you grow in strength and muscles, right? I mean, if we don't lift weights, what happens? You know, Doink, right? The cartoonist, you know? That's what happens to me. I, I look at myself and I'm like, man, what's going on here? Well, nothing. That's the problem. (laughs) I used to wrestle in high school and I looked different in a lot of ways, you know, it had nothing to do with my hair. That didn't pull the hair off. I had lots of hair when I wrestled, but, but I don't really do physical exercise anymore. And I I need to get to it more and more, but we shouldn't expect any growth if we're not bearing under bearing under, you know, I, I like to joke. I don't do this too often unless I feel safe, but sometimes I'll see somebody at the Y or I'll see a man in the, in the store and I'll walk up to him. I mean, big muscle. You can tell the guys lift weights. How can you tell? How can you tell his muscle have grown really big. How can you tell? Because they're really big and really defined, and that doesn't happen. That growth doesn't happen without diligent work and bearing the weight, right? And I'll, I'll go to them sometimes, they'll say, Hey, I just want to encourage you. You keep at it. You might look like me one day. You know, just it's a joke because I, and thankfully they laugh. So far, I haven't got pounded for that, you know. But I'm really meaning it as an indirect compliment, you know. But I shouldn't expect to have muscles like that unless I'm working and diligent and bearing under. But the bearing under of that weight and patience is going to help us grow. Recognize that as you bear under in God's grace, as you stand and resist Satan by God's grace, you are growing in that very effort. Continue in it. And don't be so quick to just not want to have to think hard. And study all that is said in the scriptures And how it relates together Peter is saying if you don't want to work hard To think through the logical system Of what the scriptures reveal you're going to, He doesn't say this But you're going to be like what James talks about That guy that's just back and forth all the time Like the waves he's never grounded What did Thomas Watson say, remember, uh, in the beginning of his book that we studied before the Westminster, the the last membership class? It was his preaching uh, through the shorter catechism. And he said, this first thing I'm doing is, I want you to know you should be stable. You should look to be grounded and stable in the faith. Too many Christians, he says, we don't know, we never studied the catechism. We don't know what anything, which is all over the place, because we don't want to study and see how it works. And the danger is, you see what can happen Beware lest you be led away with the error of the wicked. Because the last verse they rest, they they rested unstable, unlearned. They don't really know what they're doing and they don't want to be bothered to be taught. And so they end up not correctly understanding and teaching the scriptures in their context and in the overall context as king of the Bible and how it all relates ultimately through the funnel of the word Covenant. And they miss things about Jesus, and they're going to miss things about the way church is to be done, and they're going to miss the blessings on them and their family. You got to be willing to study. You want to grow in grace? You got to study. You got to make use of the tools available. Wednesday night services are available. Many of us come. I know I've said before, but I remember hearing on the membership tapes that I listened through, what were there, 40 or 50 of them before I transferred my membership here, Pastor Bell's tapes. I remember him saying, when he first came here to consider the call, he and his wife drove by on a Wednesday night to see how many people were attending uh, the Wednesday night service. And the answer was not very many. And so he said, hmm, it's a problem here. See, when God does a work of reformation and growth and grace, we want to show up to everything we possibly can. We know we need help to think about God, and we're more likely to do it with his people under a concerted, deliberate effort, working with tools that are time-tested, and under teachers who have proven to be faithful over time. Whether it's the live pastor and elders or videos and books we're making use of. And we should more and more be showing up for Sabbath class and Wednesday nights. Now, these are not required, the Sabbath day worship is, but recognize men's studies, ladies' studies. I don't know about you, but I often feel like I can barely get there on time. I can barely be ready for those studies on time. And every time I leave, I say, Thank you, God, for getting me here. I grew tonight, I needed this. And I wasn't going to get it, making excuses. Sacrifice. Because you grow in grace with Jesus when you grow with his body. Together, exercising. Beloved, make use of the means of grace. What are the means of grace? Westminster Shorter Catechism 88 says, What are the outward means whereby Christ communicateth to us the benefits of redemption? The outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicateth to us the benefits of redemption are his ordinances, especially the word, sacraments, and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. The word of God, and as we know from the larger catechism especially its preaching, the sacraments, which are now baptism and the Lord's supper, and prayer. We have prayer on Wednesday night service, right? We spend time in that. Let us be trusting we're growing in that. It may not always feel like it. Especially as a pastor, whether I'm serving the Lord's Supper or having prayer, you know, sometimes you can almost struggle feel, or we are just going through the motions? You know, like I, I'm supposed to do this and we're busy. And I always trust and remind myself, these are what God tells us to do. These are means of grace. They're going to help us grow in grace. First of all, he's worthy of our time. But we also will grow as we give ourselves to these things. But those things particularly happen on the Lord's Day in worship, morning and evening. So remember when you sang Psalm 92 tonight, the psalm for the Sabbath day, it speaks of morning and evening worship. And it describes you even into your old age as flourishing with the grace of God that he's given to you. And how you can handle life. Beloved, grace is a garden to produce more of its flowers grace is a tree to bear more of its fruit cultivate how well let me give you several other suggestions from scripture turn with me back to chapter 1 of second peter second peter chapter 1 verses 2 through 8 grace And peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Pretty similar to how he closes. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Before I continue, I want to point out there with verse 3. It's one of the verses John MacArthur points to in his book, The Sufficiency of Christ, which made him very unpopular with many Christians, especially Christian counselors, because it was saying we have everything in Christ and in his word to grow. Just have to be willing to grow and want to grow and go to where the growth can happen. Look at this. It says all things God has given us that pertain unto life. And godliness, We tend to treat the, the word as, uh, you know, maybe footnotes to our life or asterisks that we might get to if we have time to look at the study notes in the back of the book. That's where we need to go and focus is the Bible. Give yourself to the Bible and watch you grow. Whereby, verse 4, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You want to grow? Pray the promises of God. Know what they are and pray them. That's what Moses did today in his mediation. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5, and besides this, giving all diligence, notice diligence again, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice again the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How much that comes up by knowing his word and looking to live it out in Christian character. These descriptions of what should be particularly known for the character of Christians in our life. Not perfect, but growing in grace. One could argue if they don't see any growth, maybe there's no grace. If there isn't any fruit, then maybe there's no faith. Oh, we're not going to grow everything perfectly. When I was, uh, I was going to say cultivating. I guess I should say. Um, Cutting up my grapefruit tree that you've heard over the years. I don't have to do anything for that grapefruit tree. That thing produces fruit year round. I'm waiting for my orange tree and lemon tree to get the idea and follow its example. But it was funny. This one grapefruit that came off because I was just trimming, and you know, there's so much fruit I didn't even worry. I cut the fruit off where I wanted to be in nicer shape. You know, the other trees I'm careful, but I don't care. I let all the fruit fall where it may because there's so much of it. And one of them was this crazy deformed grapefruit. It, I forgot to show the family. It was very interesting. It was like, I don't know, seven or eight little things. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a ball. You know, uh, we got to be building and developing and growing, and you know, some of our fruit is going to look like that, but not all. Of it on the tree looks like that. You know, be working to grow, and some of that fruit's going to be good, and most of it will get better and better over time. Look to grow fruit. Turn back with me to first Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, okay. verses 2 to 3. First Peter 2, verses 2 and 3. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. He goes on to quote a lot of scriptures again from the Old Testament, such as uh, uh, what we read and relate to in Leviticus and in Psalm 118 being quoted in Mark tonight. And, you know, we need to recognize these are Old Testament quotes and how are they being used and applied in context. Therefore, we get meaning and significance of these things. All that takes work and study and a lot of sitting under the preaching of the word and teaching of the word. These things come together more, but particularly like newborn babes desire the sincere miracle of the word that you may grow thereby. Well, Juliana, who you might have heard a little bit tonight, is seven months. I don't know how that happened. That kid keeps growing. You know why? Because Fernanda is a really good mother. But more than anything, she cares that our kids look like sumo wrestlers. That's her goal in life, I think, that everyone will be a Japanese sumo wrestler. And I mean, chunky kids coming out, you know. And uh, Juliana is really chunky and cute and big cheeks. You know that? Why? Because she wants, she desires that milk. And yeah you laugh laughing you like this. Huh? And what what happens if she doesn't get the milk on time? Ah, I really desire the milk. Ah, give me the milk. You know and but that's not how we treat the word is it in the morning. She wakes up in the morning, she doesn't have milk. Oh please, I need the milk. And what happens? Right? Now she's crawling backwards, got to be careful, she's falling off the bed if we're not careful, can't leave her alone anymore. But she's got the little crab crawl, you know, she doesn't do forward yet, you know. But she's growing like crazy because she's getting all of that milk. We've graduated from the four-ouncer to the, like, it's an eight-ouncer. It's like, I mean, the thing's huge, she can't even hold it up herself. She's drinking so much milk, she's growing so much. And he's telling us, be that way with the Word of God. But we wake up in the morning like, oh, yeah, I don't really, I'm not really hungry, I don't really like breakfast, you yeah. know. I'm not, maybe I'll get to the word later. I really should, you know, how often do we do that? Right. And the, why aren't we growing in grace? Cause we're too busy about other things and we don't have, we need God to give us this supernatural desire, like a baby for the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. And he says at the end of the next letter, grow in grace. How eat up God's word, desire it, cry out for it. Children, if your parents are neglecting family worship, say, please, please, I love it, Isaac. He came to me today, I said, I can't today, i got to get a sermon done, buddy, and we have so much worship, I'm going to let that count. Please, Dad, let's open up the, the children's devotional, please. You know, Gabriel does that sometimes, too. Please, ask your parents, desire it. We want the Word of God, please, Dad and Mom. If so, verse 3, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. If you've tasted the Lord's grace and you know what it is to stand and grow in his grace, don't you want more of that, right? You want more of that. If you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, grow in that grace by desiring the word of God. You know, just like if we don't exercise, we don't have any muscles to to point out anyways right and if we are not eating properly we're not growing we could be malnourished and it i saw a really sad uh youtube short video scrolling through some things uh, rocking the baby sleep the other night it was so sad it was a young child in africa and this uh, heartbreaking and this man comes up the, the child is like this and his legs and arms look like toothpicks you know all bone nothing and he's just staring out into space and the, the man comes up and gives him some bread and he almost like a robot grabs the bread and just knows to shove it in his mouth and he's just eating it it's almost automatic he's just so malnourished so he can only sit there you know we, we, it's such a heartbreaking thing and it's such a heartbreaking thing when we're like that with the word of god either because the lord uh, we need to pray for the lord to give us labors for the harvest or because people just don't have an appetite for spiritual things in the word of god I'm sad to say, I think that's where we are in the church in this season. We need to pray for revival of the Holy Spirit, for desire for the Word. That we show up for it all the time. You hear about the Reformers and the Puritans. Those guys, I don't know how they did it. They were preaching and teaching pretty much every day of the week. That means people were showing up regularly, probably not every day. mean, Fernanda, with her church in Brazil, you know what they do? They show up for prayer every single day but Friday. I think I got that right, in the morning and Monday evenings, you know. Sunday and Monday is like vacation, although she does say pastor's family Sunday can be kind of tiring, but you know, that's what we want the Lord to do in us, that we'd be growing in grace, growing in grace, not claiming some of our own glory, or works, righteousness. Just growing in the gracious means God gives us. Galatians 5, 24, how do we grow in grace? Crucify the flesh with the affections and lusts. As we see in Hebrews chapter 12, get rid of the besetting sins. We've been studying that a lot Wednesday nights, right? That so easily hold us down from finishing and running the race well. Kill that stuff. Cut it off. Crucify it. First Timothy four, seven and eight but refuse profane and old wives fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is and of that, which is to come grow in grace, keep studying God, keep studying God. Keep learning about God. And we studied his names for a while. Go back and listen to that series. See how much of the self-revelation of God in the scriptures he's telling us about him. Go to chapter 4 of uh, the catechism. What is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, justice, holiness, goodness, and truth. But that's the shorter catechism. Go to the larger catechism. Hear more about mercy and love. Go to the confession and study God and the Trinity as we were there not long ago. Grow in godliness by spending time around God. Because just as much as 1 Corinthians, I think it's 1533 if I remember, I got the wrong scripture a few weeks ago. Watch out who you spend your time with because it'll corrupt your manners. On the other hand, spend time with God. What's that going to happen? What's going to happen? You're going to grow in godliness. You're going to grow in grace. The grace of being around God and getting to be like him in his communicable attributes. (laughs) Ephesians 4, 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. How you speak. In Christ, how you speak the truth, how you seek to speak the truth in love is how you can grow. And therefore, how you're careful in how not to speak. Colossians also speaks about let our speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that we may know how to answer every man, Season with salt. But let our speech be all way with grace. Learn how to be speaking properly and practice speaking properly and curtailing your tongue and watch how you grow. Colossians 1 9 to 12. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Notice that strengthen that kind of idea. Walking worthy with the Lord, seeking to be fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Romans 12, verse 2. This is on the inside of my wedding ring. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed by the renewing of of your mind that word transformed in the greek you remember it's the butterfly metamorphosis where we get the word metamorphosis in the greek be like totally different grow don't be a caterpillar go through the chrysalis with all the scriptures and with christ luke 2 verse 40 and the child speaking of jesus the child grew and waxed strong in spirit filled with wisdom and the grace of god was upon him want to grow in grace and godliness spend time where jesus did when he grew strong as a child the temple of god discussing god's word with the leaders who marveled over all that he knew spend time where jesus did to grow and spend time with jesus who has god's grace on him to give john says in john chapter one i believe verse 16 jesus is full of grace and truth Spend time with Jesus through his word, what he says, worship again. How do you grow in grace? Well, this might sound surprising. You must decrease yourself. He must increase, John the Baptist says, but I must decrease. That's how he was able to handle it, to be thrown in prison for preaching the truth and then face being beheaded. Beheaded. Luke 17, verse 5, ask Jesus to increase your faith. You need to grow in grace? Increase my faith. Help thou my unbelief. Help me to believe and trust in you in these things, Lord, that I would act upon them and make take advantage of them, make use of them. First Thessalonians four, verse one. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more abound more and more with that idea of walking I almost can see like jumping and moving and skipping you know and isn't that how our children follow us and when they're growing in relation with us and sometimes because of strong correction and they get why or sometimes because of great mercy and forgiveness and help along to do something better they start have this kind of skipping and running and hugging you know abound more and more in his grace. 1 Peter 5:12, which was our text last Lord's Day evening, stand in grace. It's the only way you can stand. Stand in grace resisting the devil. Not your own works or worthiness, it's all his grace, but standing in that grace against the devil, grow as you plant your roots deeper into it and bear more of its fruit. Not not just to fight, <laughs> Not just to hold off the devil, but to produce the fruit of the spirit. But it's—it's it's, grace is, is not just a product; it's a provision, and it is a process. Growing in grace is a process. I, I want to encourage you: don't get all caught up with whatever you're not growing in, or whatever you know. Not that you shouldn't pare off the bad fruit and ask the Lord to help you with this or that, but. It's a process of growing as a process. It's not just about the final product. It really is about the process along the way. All along the way, that product is ripening and growing and not to you know, make nothing of, you know, that growth is something to enjoy in the moment. I'm, I'm not the right apple yet, but look, I'm, look where I am. I'm not just a bud anymore, you know. Grow, it's a process, and embrace the process. Embrace embrace the growing, is what I'm trying to say. Not just the final growth, embrace the growing. Because you're, you're living, breathing in Christ. You're his body. You're his branches. I want to share with you on that note something from A.W. Pink from his, I guess, a chapter called Growing in Grace, an excerpt from Regeneration or the New Birth. I found this on monergism.com if you'd like to look it up. That's a great resource, by the way. Monergism.com. Growing in Grace. And he's talking about our text this evening. And he writes this. The more the heart is occupied with Christ... The more the mind is stayed upon him by trusting in him, Isaiah 26, verse 3. The more will faith, hope, love, patience, meekness, and all spiritual graces be strengthened and drawn forth into exercise and act to the glory of God. The manifestation of growth in grace and in the knowledge of Christ is another thing. The outward visible thing that people can see is something different. The actual process of growing, he continues, is not perceptible either in the natural or in the spiritual fear. You don't necessarily see it. But the results of it are mainly so to others. There are definite seasons of growth. And generally, the Christian's spiritual graces are growing the most while the soul is in distress. Through manifold temptations, mourning on account of indwelling sin. It is when we are enjoying God and are in conscious communion with him, feasting upon the perfections of Christ, that the fruits of the spirit in us are ripened. The chief evidences of spiritual growth in the Christian are a deepening hatred of sin and loathing of self a higher valuation of spiritual things and yearning after them, a fuller recognition of our deep need and dependency on God to supply it. Beloved, enjoy the process of sanctification, and it's all in Christ. You stand in grace, you grow in grace, grow in grace. Love, love to learn. Like Gabriel's kindergarten experience as he's learning his letters and his vowels and numbers. And by the way, you have to repeat a lot of that every day. The same stuff. Then you build and do a little bit more how to put things together. Learn words. And he begins to experience the act of learning, the act of growth itself, the growing process. Before he's mature in it, before he understands it all, before he has all the letters memorized, before he can see how it all goes together, he's already growing. And here's the really cool thing. When he's afraid that he won't have a perfect thing, uh, then he's afraid to get started. But when we help him understand it's about growing it's about the repetition the practice right and as he starts to do these things sit down gabriel i'm not trying to embarrass you sit down we're almost done here's what happens and gabriel here's what happens i want you to look when he starts to experience the growing and understanding he just lights up and smiles he can't help himself. The experience of growing itself, like for all of us, when the light bulb goes on and I don't really get it all, but I'm moving. You know, my Greek professor used to say, when you're studying the Greek, I know it feels like you're under a cloud. And trust me, the cloud keeps moving. It feels like that every week. But then that cloud's gone where you were and you get it. And it's like, ah, oh, I see. I understand. I, it's just great to learn. Learn for the sake of the experience of learning, not just the product like you want to be Mr. Know-it-all. Knowledge puffs up, loves abides, right? That's the Bible. But learn for the sake of learning. Just love learning. Be a lifelong student of everything, of God's providence in the world, and of his scripture, his special revelation. I should say his general revelation. Psalm 19, the first part is special revelation, the word of God. Grow and enjoy the growth. Smile just for the experience of growing at the moment. Listen at night and you might even hear the ears of corn growing. Be blessed getting to know Jesus. Be blessed loving him more. And experiencing and expressing his love in new ways each day as you mature in the faith, as you mature in Christ, as you stand with Christ, as you stand by Christ, as you stand in his grace alone, and you begin to flex your muscles and eat of it and experience, I'm growing. I'm not the person I was. I'm not who I'm going to be, but I'm not the person I was. I'm starting to see and get some of this. This is great. I'm having more joy. I'm having more peace. I'm having more fruits. I'm having more self control as I discipline myself to know these things and try to put them into practice in godliness. Oh, what a glorious thing it is to grow in grace. And by God's grace, last Lord's Day and this Lord's Day, we're majoring on grace. And so the call tonight by Peter is to put a little more of that into practice. And the message for you again this evening is this. Grow in grace. And one of the means of growing in grace is prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for you. Help us to grow in our relationship with you. Help us to grow in our knowledge and love of you. Help us to grow in knowing and experiencing and appreciating personally all that you have done for us as you reveal yourself and your redemptive work in the scriptures. Help us to grow in understanding for ourselves your words. It is finished and you will see me in paradise. Help us to grow in killing the old man and putting on the new. Help us, Lord, to appreciate the growth we see, but also to even see and enjoy what can be known of our growing at the moment. Lord, let us just love the process. Let us enjoy the exercise. Let us enjoy and desire to feed of the pure milk of your word that we would grow thereby. We ask your blessing on these things through the means of grace of prayer that you would bring these prayers to the father and encourage us just as the Lord answered. And because he heard Moses, so he hears, especially you, his son, whom Moses was prefiguring and he answers. We pray the reminder for us that the Holy Spirit prays for us when we don't even know words to pray. And the Father, actually not even words, but groans, and the Father receives and accepts it and understands. Lord, if nothing else, let us grow in our groaning to grow in grace. And then give us words and sentences and paragraphs and help us to give ourselves to the letters and even the difficult things of the letters of Paul. Give ourselves to studying through books of the Bible, eager every morning to study our catechism, preparing for each Lord's Day evening, excited to start on Monday. I'm asking you to help me with that more repetition through the week. Just as we learn our letters and our numbers and our words and reading and math and equations, Lord, let us be growing every day with you in your grace and finding ourselves standing stronger and stronger in your grace against Satan and against the world that would be looking to trip us up and cause us to lose faith. We pray that you bless us graciously as you command us. And as we respond and ask, Let us grow in grace, Lord, and help us to make use of the means of growth in grace. We pray in Jesus' name and all your people said.